Hey. hey! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 403 of the Riverfront, the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, the godfather, first of all, on the top right of your screen, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? I'm doing great. 403. That's hard to believe. It's really kind of ridiculous, and, it, and really, it's embarrassing more than anything. I don't, uh, I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it says bad things about us or bad pe- things about the people that listen. Yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. Also joining us, my guy Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? I am feeling holly and jolly in this holiday season. Oh, really, Nate? Did you enjoy uh, last week's uh, elf quote uh, uh, episode? We had as much as I did. I had a little too much fun. Yeah, it was a little too much fun. That one's evergreen. If you haven't listened to it yet, go to YouTube, go to wherever you get your podcast and listen to the Elf podcast. Um, we didn't invite Bill on because he's a curmudgeon and uh, he's he's basically like uh, Buddy's uh, dad in, uh, in in the movie Elf. And, and I think Will Ferrell is the most unfunny person on the face of the, of the planet. We are starting off with a hot take. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, we're not going to get into your comments on the last uh, episode, Bill, that uh, caused some consternation. But now you're you're going to attack Will Ferrell? Really? He's a national treasure. He's never done a movie that I thought was funny. Not one. Oh, man. Gosh, I can name 10. It's no big surprise that you can name 10 bad movies. Oh, my goodness. The next podcast, the 2022 Cincinnati Reds in Will Ferrell quotes. <laughs> That's right. And we're inviting Bill on that one. You better get Garber that week. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's only here for Simpsons quotes. We thought we had Chris Garber. We thought we were going to have, uh, you know, uh, most of the crew here tonight. But some things happened, and uh, it's mostly uh, Nate's fault, uh, frankly. Um, the, bro- the brothers are in town. I've, I've got three younger brothers, one of which is Nate you've already met. And... Uh, we're trying to get together later tonight, and uh, so we tried to do it a little bit early, and Chris had, like, a family obligations or something. I mean, what's weird? What's that all about? Yeah, my wife's just mad at Chad for rushing me through dinner. The, <clears> hundred, <throat> the 100th time over the years that uh, the lovely – Linda's been mad at Chad. Mrs. Lack has been uh, upset with me. Uh, speaking of being upset, let's talk about the Reds. Hey. Yeah, no. Um, you know, we're going to start out with our topic of the show. And again, if you've already seen the uh, the title of this episode, you already know what we're talking about. And the question is going to be, what's on your Cincinnati Reds <laughs> Christmas wish list? Why, says Bill. Um, it's a good topic. It's a good idea. Obviously, you know, it's the holiday season and Christmas is right around the corner for those of you that celebrate Christmas. And um, as we do. And uh, Cincinnati Reds Christmas wish list. Now, it was actually Nate's idea to do this topic, I think, uh, when we were putting together these topics. And and it's kind of open-ended. What does that mean, Red's Christmas wish, wish list? So, you know, it could be uh, something you actually want to receive that's Red's-related. Or what do you want the Reds to do? What's your on your Red's Christmas wish list? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with uh, Nate, actually. what what's, what's the first item on your Cincinnati Red's Christmas wish list? How do you interpret that question? I'm excited to see where this goes because we didn't consult each other whatsoever. So... This could go all completely off the rails, but for me, so, I, so it'll be like every single episode yes, of this show. Point. I specifically went for things that I wanted to happen this upcoming season. Uh, first up on my list is uh, a healthy Nick Senzel. I want to see him. You know, he's only played 163 games, I think, um, in the big so far. Just been brutalized by injuries, and you know, he's the type of guy that I think can you know fill a lot of holes and solve a lot of problems that the Reds have. If he's healthy, if he's motivated, and he could be sort of a you know spark plug and 
Cincinnati, they they love to rally around their guys. And I think if he starts playing well, the, the city could rally around him and really just sort of bring that spark back. Two things about that. Number one, he needs to grow his hair out like uh, Jonathan India. By the way, did you all see the clips of Jonathan India at Tyler Stevenson's wedding? That's the greatest thing ever. It's fantastic. You've got to go see that, Nate. It's it's right. it's. If you haven't seen that out there, go check out. <laughs> Tyler Stevenson got married. Obviously, congratulations. Uh, you know, uh, many happy years of marriage to you, Mister and Mrs. Stevenson. But uh, Jonathan India was having some fun at that party, and it is just glorious. But anyway, so that's the first thing he needs to do uh, is uh, grow that hair out. But with respect to Nick Senzel, you know, we're going to talk some about what to expect, and certainly all off season, we're going to be talking about what to expect from the Cincinnati Reds in twenty twenty two. It's actually one of the big topics today because some some new projections came out that we're going to get into. But one thing that I think could really – the Reds are not going to go out and acquire anyone. I don't think any of us believe that the Reds are going to go out and really acquire anyone that's going to move the needle, as, as we typically say. But, you know, a healthy Nick Senzel for a full season – and, again, we've not seen it. He's going to he's gonna have to show us he can do it. But a healthy Nick Senzel producing like he produced in the minors when he was healthy is kind of like acquiring – uh, you know, a former top prospect, you know, a big time prospect who, you know, is going to be, well, I think 27 this year, 20, no, he's not that old. I don't think, uh, um, but either way he's uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's kind of like acquiring a player. And now I sound a lot like Nick crawl at the trade deadline. Well, we're not going to make any trades, but we're going to get a lot of guys healthy. And you know, it's like a getting players, but, but it really is. That's in terms of a Christmas wish list, Nate, that's a fantastic uh, wish because if that happens, it really moves the needle for the Reds. Until he got to the major leagues, this guy has been an incredible baseball player his entire life, every day of his life. It's not crazy to think that he could bring it back. Yeah, but again, I'm not going to count on it until it happens, but you're right. It's not crazy. Bill, any quick comments about Nixon's Zell? You want to get into your wish list? Well, I have to scratch off my number three item on my list. You, but- you, hear, that? you hear that, Nick? You're number one on my list. <laughs> I read somewhere on one of the Enquirer columns this week that the Reds are claiming that their their relationship with Senzel is not as bad as it's been advertised, and I hope that's true because uh, yeah. you know, it could have something to do with his attitude coming into the spring, and or when or whenever they end up playing baseball. Um, the other thing is, you know, like you said, Chad, if if he comes in and is the player that he was in the minor leagues and and Three, it's been three years now that he's basically done nothing. Uh, you know, I think the probably the best you could hope for is kind of a Jonathan India type of season. That's pretty good. It's, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's good, but it's not somebody that's going to carry a ball club on their back. No, no, no. But it's, but it's a productive player that the Reds don't have. We're have not counting on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's a great the only thing with Senzel. That yeah. and, and I'm not counting on it either because – the kid just hasn't shown that he can stay healthy in the big leagues. This yeah. is the season. Or in the minor leagues, to be fair. <laughs> well, until he got in the upper levels of the minor leagues, you're right. But listen, right. I'm the I'm the world's biggest uh, Sinzel booster, uh, you know, because most of that's selfish because I wrote the stupid uh, cover story for Cincinnati Magazine about how he's the next big thing. Great photo layout, man. We had a great package. And then, of course, the season got delayed in 2020 because of you know why. And um, and then he's been hurt. And so I need him to I need him to deliver so I don't look like I'm even more of an idiot than I already Isn't am. Isn't that kind of the second time that you've kind of killed one of the Reds' prospects? Okay, look. I mean, I'm not going to listen to this slander, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to hear this. I love Hunter Green. I'm just, I just asked a question. I, I just Bill asked Lack a question. woke up today and chose violence. He did. Bill Lack chose violence today. <laughs> That's kind of his 
role here on the show. It's just my que- it was just a question. I don't care if you look through the archives of the Cincinnati Inquirer and think that uh, I don't like Hunter Green. And then I, I, have never, I have never thought you didn't like Hunter Green. I just think you put the the, the Mumbulu on him, and the poor kid had ended up rehabbing for a year. And now <laughs> you and then you did it to Senzel. That's my fault. Okay, Hunter Green, I love you. I love you. Please don't get hurt ever again. Never, Please, ever again. <laughs> All right, Bill. What's, what's number one? You told us number three. What's number one on your Christmas wish list? One through ten of what I would like to see for the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm sure this is on everybody's list, is new ownership. Ownership that keeps their promises and that wants to win. I mean, all our other problems are really solved, or to a large extent, if we got that wish. (laughs) That's true. That's like getting the bike, and then everything else after the bike that you get for Christmas is just, you know, little stuff. Underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, getting that Red Rider BB gun. Yeah, exactly. So that's my big thing, you know, and, and my number two kind of ties into that, but I'll wait till I come back around. Well, I, I want you to weigh on that if you will, mate. But first, let me just mention that that was actually one of the, the subject of one of our questions in viewer mail. Uh, these come from literally now actual viewers. I love it. And uh, this first one comes from uh, Joey Gaditza. All these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi. That's patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi, where you can support the podcast as well. But um, Joey Gaditza, happy holidays, gentlemen. Hope you are all excellent. Atop my Reds wish list is the obvious. Sell the team, Bob. My question is this. Uh, this is about as probable as the Expos coming back to Montreal, right? Joey, of course, is our resident uh, Canadian because he's from Canada. Uh, yeah, I think I think Joey answered your question. Well, actually, I, I don't think so. I think there's a chance that Castellini gets out in the near future. But anyway, uh, and I'll address that in a moment. But Nate, what do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean... It's not just us here. Everybody that listens to this podcast uh, has that at the very tip top. I, I I thought you were going to say, you know what? I think there is a chance. I think there's a chance that baseball comes back to Montreal. It seems like he's got a grooming, uh, grooming young feel for the job. So, you know, it's, it's, if we're ever going to be hopeful, this is the time to do it. Write it down, send it to the North Pole. <laughs> this was my number one on my list as well, uh, uh, Bill. Uh, new ownership. Bob Castellini sell the team. I, I again, maybe it's just me trying to be an optimist, but I don't think it's impossible that he gets out sometime soon. He's, I mean, he's a lot of it depends on Phil Castellini, who's moved into uh, more of a prominent role within the uh, front office, and uh, you know, if he's uh, fired up about the about you know being being Bob Castellini for the next fifteen years, well, then, then we're 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 in trouble. Um, Bob Castellini, I think, would is again. This is kind of an educated guess. Um, I, I think it could happen. I think it could happen. Do I? Would I put money on it? No, no. But man, somebody like you know, we need a Mark Cuban to come in. We need Mark Cuban to decide he's going to come in. He's going to he's going to buy the Reds. He's going to move the Dallas Mavericks to Cincinnati. They're going to be the the uh, Cincinnati Royals part two. And uh, so bring NBA basketball. <laughs> well, yeah, they absolutely have to, have to build an arena. arena. Yeah, they need an arena, certainly. But I don't know. I'm 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 hopeful that Castellini will get out. But this is probably just me being kind of trying to be like Nate, glass half full on that. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I 
I don't see any reason why it won't be filled for the next. The parallels that we're starting to see between the Castellinis and the Browns in Cincinnati are becoming more and more stark. Um, and and that's not a good and that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, we went we've gone through a long, long playoff dry spell with the Bengals. I'm trying to be positive, Bill. And you, you brought Mike Brown into the conversation. I'm trying to be realistic. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's true. No, there there are real parallels. Um, although the Bengals, you know, we'll start our Bengals pocket. You know, I'm, ha- I'm having fun yeah, watching them. There's always a sine wave, you know, but but the troughs and you know the troughs are a lot deeper than the peaks. It's true. It's true. All right. So anyway, that's that's a good one. That was my number one as well. So I'll drop down to my number two on the list. And um, I've got some serious things on my list. I'm going to move some things around. The, 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 the first thing that I'm going to say is this. I want baseball sweaters to return to Cincinnati. <laughs> I posted something on Twitter earlier today. In, in the early 1900s, baseball teams, this is my Christmas wish list. Baseball teams wore these like really heavy sweaters. And they're no nobody would wear these today, but go look at some of these pictures and go if you go to my Twitter and you, you should not go to my Twitter feed. But for this specific reason at Dothan C and but do not follow me, whatever you do, it'll be a, it'll be a mistake. Uh, but I posted about this earlier. Those baseball sweaters from early 1900s are absolutely glorious. And I want the Reds to be the team that brings these baseball sweaters back to life. Do either of you have any mockery to be directed my way? They, they, they look like the sweaters that Tom Selleck wears at the dinner table on Blue Bloods. And I, underst- I understood one word of that sentence. Well, I understand. And yet you think Will Ferrell is funny. So there you go. Um, and and the, the, the picture that Chad is talking about, the name of the team was, what was it, the St. Louis Terriers? Yeah, the St. Louis Terriers. He named it instills fear in their opponent. The Terriers. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a good one. If you go, if you go to Google and just just look up, uh, you know, baseball sweaters. You're gonna one of the and do an image search on uh, on Google. One of the first ones you're gonna see is these just beautiful. It's a Yankee and a Red Sox. One guy's got his arm around the other, and these gorgeous sweaters. But of course, I think one. I think the Red Sox guy uh, was flipping the bird to somebody, <laughs> so it's a famous picture. But they're beautiful. That's my number one. My Christmas wish list is that the Reds bring back baseball sweaters. Maybe I'm not taking this project as seriously as you two. <laughs> Don't worry. We got, I got some later down the list that'll uh, fall in line. Well, I'm let's hear that. Serious, what's, what's that, I'm Bill? I'm just a serious guy. You know, I'm just a serious guy all the time. Yeah, all the time. You On this podcast, you are often, but uh, I, I know you're away from the podcast, and you're never serious. What's up with that? <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, Linda. Uh, Nate, what's number two on your list? Or wherever you want to go on your list. You know, when it comes down to making this Christmas list, even as a kid, I never wanted to have that outlandish request. You know, you don't want to bog Santa down with a you know a Lamborghini or a new four wheeler or something nuts. You want to go with the um, you know the more reasonable, more actually possible things. That way, I've Santa doesn't work as hard. So I went with I want Eugenio Suarez just to be okay at baseball again. <laughs> I don't need him to be please. Okay. I just want him to be above average. Average, you know, about like two thirty would be good. Hit a, whole, a lot of home runs. That's it. You know, nothing crazy, saying I don't need you to perform any miracles here. 
Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Eugenio when we get into the projections that uh, that came out this week. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, Eugenio Suarez, or as I know him, Gino. That guy is literally, literally one of my favorite Reds of all time because he's just so he's likable. He's just, I mean, he's been good, obviously. Uh, but I have nothing bad to say about Eugenio Suarez, except he's been not good at baseball for a while. In, t- in terms of a wish wish list, that's absolutely what I'm wishing for. Oh, man, I, anything for Eugenio to at least approach what he used to be. Bill? I, I, I agree. I, I, there's no way not to root for this guy. Uh, there's nothing negative about him. His teammate, his teammates love him. You know, he plays hard. He, I mean, my only question is, will he get a will he get a full time shot with, unless they find some way to dump Mustakas's contract? That's a big Mustakas, question for twenty twenty two. Yeah, Mustakas ain't gonna play any at second base unless they're giving India a day, a day off. I'm gonna add that to my list. Someone to take on Mustakas's contract. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to have to be a Christmas miracle. Yeah, that would be a Christmas miracle. I think so. That's a good. That's a good question, though, that we're going to explore later. We don't need to get, go deep into it today, but man, uh, there's a kind of a clog there, and you got two guys, Mustakas and Suarez, who have not been good, and they're making big money. Making big money. I want to give Suarez more of a shot, just because he's our guy. You know, good vibes only. But I, I agree, but. You know what? You know they're going to find some way to justify Mustakas's contract if they can't dump him. Yeah, I mean Suarez is on a big contract too, but not as big right. as as uh, as Moose's. Uh, and I like Moose. I mean Moose is a uh, when he's been hell. I don't think he's been healthy for more than ten days as a Red. I don't and think I don't he was think... healthy at all last year. No, I don't either. When he, even when he was on the roster, I don't think he was healthy. And so maybe he's healthy next year whenever the season gets started. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I like that signing. I didn't hate it. He's not a star. He's he's not. He's never been a star. He's been a somewhat above average player who can play. You know, a couple of different positions. That's valuable. I like that the Reds that the Reds have Mike Mustakas. But give me uh, give me Gino at third. Give me uh, India at second. Give me Kyle Farmer at short and get. Give me Joey Votto at first. You're a, you're a funny guy. <laughs> right? Right? But, but, but right. when they signed Moustakas, they didn't have the expectations that India was going to be a rookie of the year. Right. And it neither did. No one did. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, that's what I thought. I thought for the next four years, we're going to have Votto, Moustakas, I don't know, short, and uh, Freddie Calvis at short. I don't know. Go get a shortstop. And then uh, Suarez at third. And I thought that's a pretty good infield. You could ha- you actually could have Kyle Farmer at short if you know everyone stayed healthy and, and Suarez had produced like he was had always produced, and Mustakas had produced like he had produced and been healthy. That's a good infield, and you could actually survive with with Kyle Farmer at short. But Mustakas was not good and not healthy, and Suarez. Ah, good vibes only. Good vibes only. Bill, what's next on your list? I'm I'm done. Well, I'm going to go back to kind of feeding off of my number one. It's if the Reds aren't going to try to win, then I want them to go all in. And and that's letting these young guys play. 
Barrera should be out there every day. We should see Hunter and Lodolo and, and some of these other young pitchers early. And you know what? If, you, if you're not going to try to win, yep. then trading Castillo and these guys make gray makes sense. It does, but no. I don't want it. That's not what I want. I know. But if the front office has made the decision, and, and even Zip seems to think that they've already written 2022 off. And it's hard, it's hard to make a counter argument to that with the deals, you know, with the with the Barnhart and uh the left-handed pitcher whose name just ran right out of my head. Wade Miley. Wade Miley, thank you. That you know, cutting those guys loose for basically nothing. We don't say the names of Cubs players out loud, so you can be forgiven. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. so that's my, that's my number two. You know, that was also my number two. Um, let the, let the young guys play. If like just like you said, if they're not going to spend any money and bring anybody in to excite the fan base, at least let us rally around these young fellows. Let me see Dari Moretta. Let me see. I would I wouldn't mind like later in the year we got Matt McLean down there. Like let's just bring them all up. I don't even care. <laughs> all the kids. You know, um, I'm not going to go as far as that, but. Think about this. A, a red starting rotation of Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Sonny Gray, Hunter Green, healthy Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo. Give it to me, man. Give it to me. I'm all about that. That's a high ceiling. I'm all about that, yes. I mean, that w- that actually, literally, I literally believe this. I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. That's the best red starting rotation of my lifetime. Am I crazy? I mean, I know, I know I'm crazy, but yes, I don't know if that answer's crazy. <laughs> is the answer crazy, right? I, I, I think you could make the argument. What was it, 2012? Was that the rotation that they didn't they missed one start all year? And yeah, that was a, that was a pretty daggone good top, you know, five man rotation. Uh, Who we had? We had Johnny Cueto. We had Bronson Arroyo. We had Homer Bailey, we had Matt Latos, we had Edison Volquez, right? Is that the five? Yeah, that was pre-league, wasn't it? That was good. Yeah. Was that, that was, Bill? That was really good. Was that better than any big red machine uh, rotation? Rotation, yeah, yeah. Sure. So we have a chance of the 2022 Reds being better than the big red machine. That's what you're saying? That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Well, if we had a, you know, if we dig Joe Morgan up, because he would still be better than Moustakis. No, I'm <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, we've gone off the rails. Oh, my goodness. We're talking about Robin Graves. Okay, where are we? Who's Who, who are we next? Is it me? You're up, Chad. What do you got? Number two. Okay, number two. Again, uh, to the point of me not taking this nearly as seriously as the rest of you all. I want the Reds... To actually, I'm going to go for something a little serious. Here's what I want the Reds to do. My Christmas wish list is it's not that difficult. I want the Reds to sign one legitimate above average outfielder and two relievers. Relievers are relatively cheap. You can, you know, maybe go out and get some, I don't know, even older guys, but. One outfielder and two relievers. If you, the Reds go out and get one outfielder, and I don't have a name here. I mean, you know, well, I do have a name, Mike Trout. But one outfielder and than, two relievers. Than <laughs> yeah. 
one outfielder and two relievers, I'm ready to roll with this roster as we have it. And, and that's not ideal. That's not the Reds really going all in. It's not the Castellanis deciding to try to compete in 2022. But you give me one legitimate above-average outfielder, two legitimate above-average relievers, and I say we roll. Bill? I, the biggest the biggest hole in this in this lineup is an outfielder. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Hey, maybe it's, maybe it's maybe it's Senzel, as you all said. Maybe, but even if Senzel's healthy, I still think they got a big hole in the outfield. Uh, and the other thing they they they, they they're going to struggle with, I think, is depth. Uh, any injuries at all, and then they're done. Uh, and and we, we found last year, we seemed we we were able to play through a lot of the injuries, and and and, and they did fine. Till they got to what was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule, and then they fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Depth is always going to be an issue in Cincinnati because of, while the Castellanos are here, what's that, Nate? Arms. We got a lot of exciting young arms, but the uh, the top end prospect talent from the position players is not great. Right. I mean, I and mean, we got India and Stevenson, but they've graduated to the majors, right. and so yeah. yeah. After that, you can't call them you can't call them prospects anymore. I don't think. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, that's mine. Just, and that's my realistic one, which is, well, I don't know how realistic it is, but that's not that big a deal. Just get us a decent outfielder, get us a couple of relievers and you know, I'm ready to ride with this team. What, what, what do you, what would you, I'm not get, asking for a name, but give me a, give me some stats that, that, that you would think. A three wins above a three wins above replacement outfielder. Okay. Two and a half to three wins above replacement. Just a, you know, a guy that can play. A little, and it wouldn't even be dramatically above average. I'm not even asking for a star. This is where we are as Reds fans. <laughs> you know, I'm not asking you to go out and get an actual star. Just give me a guy that can play, man. And let's, cause, because the rest of this roster is not far, you know, it's not bad. It's just not bad. So, oh boy, this is what we've descended to. Just please, just let's a little above average. All right, Nate. What's next on your list? We'll uh, we'll go one time back around, and then we'll uh, move on to the next uh, topic. All right, I'm going to kind of tie into that for you. I've got the answer. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got your answer right here. So I'm going to have to set the scene a little bit. It's uh, I think it's April 22nd in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Firework Friday. Um, the Reds are playing the first of a three game set against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have had an exciting off season. Uh, once baseball returned, they signed Nick Castellanos. They're pretty pumped about it. Hold on, wait. Oh, so, whoa, 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 whoa! You're saying my guy Nick went to St. Louis? Right. So, but it gets better. Hold on, hold on. As of right this second, this is Nate's last episode ever. Front podcast. Let's see, let's All see right. If I can continue, continue. continue. And, and no Christmas presents for you, Nate. Right. It's I'm full, putting him in the fireplace. Ballpark. It's a full ballpark. Nick is off to a. Sus- Viciously slow start. I'm talking, he has been playing bad. Okay. We're okay with that. It's his first at bat. He's back in Cincinnati. The crowd is mixed. There's some booing going on. There's some cheering going on. And right before the first pitch, he calls timeout, runs over, drop kicks Yadier Molina, rips his jersey open, wearing a red jersey underneath. Boom, ultimate WWE heel turn. Cassianos has been with the Reds the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, I retract what I just said. Nate is permanently on this uh, show forever. 
Actually, he doesn't <laughs> drop kick Molina. He flying drop kicks Molina. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Oh my gosh, I love it. I adore it. I'm a um. I'm, there's a single tear running down my cheek just thinking about it. The idea of Castellanos signing with the Cardinals made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. That's true. It's yeah. true. Oh, I like Nick Castellanos. Hope he goes to the American League if he leaves Cincinnati. All right, Bill, what's uh, what's next on your list? Uh, again, mine are pretty easy. Uh, continued improvement from India Winker, Stevenson, and Molly. The young, the young basis of this franchise right now. They have to continue to get better. That's kind of our biggest hope, right? If they continue to get better, we, we get got that. a hope in the next few years. Yeah. Well, and we it's just, I, I, I'm just, we're, we're, I've just been, I just re listened to the, uh, to the Big Red Machine thing that we did, Chad. And that's one of the things that was the downfall of the Big Red Machine. The guys that they thought were going to continue to get better and better and better didn't. You know, the Geronimos, the Griffies, the Concepcions, they never became the stars that the Reds front office thought they were going to be. We need these guys to be stars. The next generation. Yeah, exactly. Nate, what do you think? No, I totally agree. I mean, uh, we all want to have another another bat in the lineup and a little, you know, some improvement there. But if three or four guys just get a little bit better, you know, those numbers can balance out, or at least you can make up for some of it. So, man, that, that that's part of the reason I have as much optimism as I do for this upcoming seasons. Like, we got some young guys, and if they do keep getting better, this can be a fun ball club to watch. This is something I think we need to really kind of keep in mind over the next uh, few months as the season approaches, assuming we get a season, which is that, yeah, the Castellinis are awful. I mean, they're the villains in this Christmas movie. But there are some real talent here, and it's not like the years where the Reds, we knew they were going to lose 90 games every year. It's not, it's not, we're not there. And so, I don't know. I mean, you know, there are real reasons to be pessimistic about the Cincinnati's. It's 100% related to ownership. But there are other, uh, you know, kind of, kind of items that you can look at to say, well, but we've got some talent and, and more talent than we've had in a while, uh, you know, since probably 2012. And so, I don't know. I want to be optimistic, but gosh, I just wish ownership wasn't working against what, you know, what we actually have on the field. So, so that's, that's a fantastic one. That's a fantastic one. Let me, let me ask you guys a real quick question. Do we, we agree that the Reds after 2019 reverse directions, they, oh. they, they looked like they were going to get in, you know, they were going to go out and spend some money, blah, blah, blah. And they did spend some money. And they did spend some money. They didn't go, like you've, you've said multiple times, they didn't go all in, but they went a little in. They went in. Yeah. But then the pandemic hit, and there's no doubt that every team in baseball lost a boatload of money in 2020. Well, I doubt that they lost a boatload, but that's a different story. Anyway. They, they didn't make as much money. as they were expecting. You don't think they ran in the red? I don't think they ran in the red, no. Okay. Anyway. No matter show what, me their books. Even if you go by, they didn't make as much money. Do you think they're still now trying to make up the money from that, or they just? Or has there been a change in philosophy? There's been a change in philosophy, is my opinion. I think that. Um, I think what uh, happened Dick was. Leaving? What's that? Was that Dick Williams leaving? I think Dick Williams saw the writing on the wall, 
that Bob Castellini got freaked out by the pandemic and the lack of revenue that he was expecting to come in literally immediately after they went in, tried to put together a winning ball club. They really did for the first time in a long time in Cincinnati. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the pandemic screwed the Reds more than just about any professional sports franchise anywhere because ownership got skittish. Panicked. They panicked. And the Reds were right on the verge, man. They were right on the verge. Oh, that's so frustrating. I think we need to end You agree, podcast. Nate? I don't see how you can disagree, unfortunately. Now listen, you're not going to survive long on this podcast if you agree with Bill Lack. <laughs> don't do that ever right. again. That was a terrible take. Go Will Ferrell. <laughs> Go Will Ferrell. All right. Let me give my my last uh, uh, Christmas wish list, and then we'll talk about if you got any uh, residual ones you all want to add. Here's my biggest, my biggest Christmas wish here of the ones remaining. I want the Reds to sign two new coaches. It's a dumb thing to wish for. Coaches? Here's what I want. I want Adam Dunn as the Reds hitting coach slash team bartender. Love it. And I want a new assistant pitching coach. I can't get rid of uh, Derek Johnson. I mean, he's I love the guy. But we need an assistant pitching coach. And here's what I'm going to say. For the first time since we've moved to a video format, I'm going to say it. Luis Alberto Bonilla. <laughs> you got to bring Luis Alberto back. That's my Christmas wish. Bring Luis Alberto back. Who if disagrees? We're, if we're Christmas wishing on coaches, I want a new third base coach. Yeah, but you've hated every third base coach since the big red machine. Right? They haven't had a good one since Alex Grammas. <laughs> Alex Grammas. I just want Adam Dunn to write Nick Crawl's speeches. <laughs> as we've as we've decided nick crawl is bad at talking yeah and and adam dunn oh man adam dunn don't you think adam dunn as a coach would kind of be like stunning steve, or like steve austin on, on the wwe come out with the beer cans after the game and bust them together and <laughs> I'm uh, nate, nate you're I don't know. Every time it's funny. Every time uh, Adam Dunn comes back to a Cincinnati Reds related event when he was uh, inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame, he was double double fisting Bud Lights, and then I think he came back for the Marty Brenneman induction. And they every picture you saw of him, he had he had a drink in his hand. I'm telling you, I want Adam Dunn involved on a daily basis with his team. He'll never do it. He's got enough money. He didn't have to, you know. And he's now a you know an actor in an Academy Award uh, nominated film, um, Dallas Buyers Club, but. Uh, the reason to get Adam Dunn back because he's the probably the greatest red in the history of this franchise. I agree. I'm waiting for Bill. Bill I might be able to talk about Bill Plummer or somebody from the seventies. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big Adam Dunn fan. I think you might be, you know, stretching the blanket a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other items on your Christmas wish list, guys? That you just feel like you're compelled to uh, to mention? The only other one I had that I thought could be a could really help this team would be another a health another healthy year from Tyler Naquin. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he, hopefully you wouldn't need him to start every day, but he could give him some, you know, if he's healthy, he could give him some good depth in the outfield. Great fourth outfielder. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Nate, you got anything else you want to add off your list? Agree with Bill again. This is getting dangerous. 
<laughs> don't do that. Yeah. You get a yeah. reputation. <laughs> the only other two items I had, we don't need to go into a long discussion. We're just uh, one. I would love to see a perfect game. You know, I think it was '88. Tom Browning was the uh, the only one. I, I wasn't old enough to remember things then, so I would love <laughs> to see a perfect game this year. And two, I uh, at the risk of keeping this PG PG thirteen, I want Joey Votto to still bang. Please, yeah, Joey Votto can just keep on banging. Absolutely. Okay, so we decided the number one item on our Christmas wish list: baseball sweaters. The Terriers. <laughs> if that means we're wearing sweaters to watch the Reds play October baseball. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. There's a little bit of news of the week. Actually, there's very, very little news of the week. But before we get into that, I want to just very quickly ask your guys' uh, thoughts on the topic of my newsletter this week. You go to chaddotson.com. You can subscribe for free. You, you shouldn't. Again, I don't encourage that. But I, I, talk, I wrote about something this week that I've been wanting to write about for a while because this was my first favorite player of the Reds. And, and Nate, uh, you don't have any memory of this guy, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, and, and my piece started out about, you know, <laughs> I talked about the the month and the year of when I was, uh, well, anyway, go read it. But it was the month and the year that Nate was born. So, but anyway, um, Mario Soto, I declared him the most underrated and most unlucky red of the last, you know, 50 years, really underrated because for the same reason that he's unlucky is that he came along at a time when the reds were just not good. They were between the, you know, 1990 championship team, the 1970s big red machine. And Mario Soto, though, I came, I came along at the time when the Reds were garbage and that guy, I love that guy. And so Bill, any thoughts about Mario Soto uh, quickly before we move on to the news of the week? I I was a big fan too. And, and, and your article, the article, the column he wrote was very interesting. And, and and we, we talked about this on, we texted about it yesterday. They, you, you talked about a uh, sporting news, that you got that had Soto on the cover. And it also had Yoquin Andahar. And and we both joked about the fact that at one time they both belonged to the Reds. Uh, what a one-two punch that would have been. Wow. Been a lot, they've been in a lot of brawls. They would have been in a lot of brawls. Yeah. And that and you, you're right. I didn't mention that that about Joaquin Andahar being a, uh, a former Reds farmhand. But um, one of the other things I cut was I wanted to talk about all the brawls that they had because – uh, and one of uh, you know, and Mario Soto was involved in those. And and one was Mario Soto versus Claudel Washington of the Braves. And you know, we've got one brother, Nate. I'm sorry, I got to call him out, and we can mock him when he gets here later tonight. But we got one brother that's a Braves fan. I know. I've met, I think I mentioned this on podcast before, but so we he's the one that's closest closest in age to me, and so we would play one on one wiffle ball sometimes in the front yard. And I was and I mentioned this part in the. Uh, in the column that I wrote is that out in my head, I was always Mario Soto. That's the guy I wanted to be, man, Mario Soto. And my brother was uh, in my mind, Claudel Washington, the brave who in it, go YouTube, look at that, uh, that clip of them fighting. It was fantastic. And frankly, every wiffle ball game that my brother, I played in, I would throw at his head and he would throw a bat at me. And we'd end up fighting because that's what we did when we were kids. Uh, Nate wasn't around at that time, but that's just what happened. So anyway, Mario Soto, Nate, Quickly, I don't know if you got any thoughts about Mario Soto. That's before your time. I mean, questionable writing quality aside, it was a pretty fun read. Um, <laughs> Gosh, who who wait, wait, wait. who For came here are, and chose violence today? <laughs> wow, people that are years of my age, I, I I have 
no knowledge of Mario Soto. I know you liked him, so I, I knew a little bit about him and you know reading Red's books. But you uh, you don't have any idea how good he really was, how good he could have been. So I enjoyed the read. I encourage anybody that uh, wasn't around for the Mario Soto era to go back and read it and learn a little bit about someone who you know could have been great and was great for a little you know short bit of time. The reason I put it into print was because it's not really, you know, for my uh, magazine column, it's not really there. And we couldn't figure out how to put it into the, the big 50, the big 50. We, we couldn't figure out fix That's a book. You don't need to read it. Chris but book. yeah, Chris Garber wrote all 25 of the best chapters of a book you're ever going to read. But what you just said, Nate, is the reason why I wanted to, I've always been wanting to write about Mario. So is that man, people don't, people this generation, don't really understand that this guy was a Reds legend and he just came along at a time where everyone around him was garbage. And so he, and then he got hurt and he wasn't, he could have, he was signed through 1990. He had a contract through 1990. He could have been on that championship team, but injuries, he was basically done at 31. So uh, anyway, Mario. He's so the best dumb. player on some really bad teams. It's true. Okay. Now news of the week. The Reds actually signed someone, Jack Bauer, to a minor league contract with an invite to spring, uh, to spring training. Jack Bauer, if you don't know him, he was a retired American serviceman and former federal agent. He was responsible for saving numerous American citizens from potentially devastating terrorist attacks Nuclear on more than one occasion. Right? Jack Bauer? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I saw. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Look, I'm, I'm getting a... I'm getting a message from uh, from, our, from our home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It was actually Jake Bowers. Red sign Jake Bowers. Jack Bauer was from the show 21 that I've never seen a single episode of. But, 24. Uh, 24, not 21. Did I say 21? Well, I wanted him to be younger. I don't even know what that show's about. I think they should sign Jack Bauer. <laughs> He'd be better than Jake Bauer. Jake Bauer is a first baseman outfielder. He was. Uh, he's been with... Uh, in the big leagues in three different seasons with Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Seattle. He's not good. Um, he's going to be 20, uh, 26 this year. I mean, he's he's depth, I guess. Do either of you have any thoughts about the Reds signing first baseman outfielder Jake Bowers to a minor league contract with an invite to spring training? They should good- do it. Sorry, go ahead, Bill. He, he had a pretty good about a half a year in 2018 with Tampa. He was okay. And- I, mean, I think they should sign guys like him. He was a you know a top prospect at once in his career. It's not like we're guaranteeing him a spot in any rosters. Like, sure, I'm not going to get excited about it. Maybe, maybe he catches fire and we you know we're talking enthusiastically in a few months. But right now, it's just like, man, whatever. They should be signing guys like that while they can do. You know, yeah, it, it goes back to what De- uh, Bill was talking about earlier. Depth, you know, yeah. it's depth. Whatever. I don't have any issue with it. It's just. You know, I'm not sure we're going to get anything better than that. Triple A filler. Yeah, triple A filler. And, you know, and, and actually, if he has to come up to the big leagues, you know, whatever. He's better than probably what they had before. So what other news do we have this week? Really none. That was all of the uh, the news. Obviously, obviously, the major league players are still um, locked out by the owners. And so we're not going to see any big league signings, which is good because, eh, you know, no other teams are signing players. The Reds weren't going to sign any players anyway. So um, we're keeping the other teams from trying to get competitive. The other thing I wanted to talk about was this week, the uh, Zips 
projections were out. And these come from our guy, uh, Dan Simborski. He's a, I love the guy. He's, um, you know, I've actually seen him at, uh, at Reds games. He's a, he's a, uh, he writes at Fangraphs, Fangraphs.com. And he does these projections, the zips projections. And basically they're just, you know, it's math largely, but what are team, what are players going to do next season? And the projections that he, uh, generally does, Simborski are relatively accurate. They're, they're the best, I think, the best projections you can get of what's going to happen. Nobody can project, obviously, because these are human beings. But so his his projections came out and had the Reds at, you know, um, they look like kind of an average ish team. He he said that they're going to be you know, right now. They're they look like a team that's a few games above five hundred. And, you know, they could still screw screw things up by trading some guys away the rest of the offseason. But right now, they're not that bad. kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. This is not a terrible roster, but those Zips projections, they, uh, they didn't make me optimistic, but they made me think, they reminded me that this team's not terrible. It's not back to the old bad red. So, Bill, any thoughts about the, uh, the Zips projections? Well... The article is kind of interesting because the Jose Barrero link takes you to Jose Castro. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice that. <laughs> but other than that, now I, I'm like, you know, it was it was interesting what they said about the bullpen. And you know, they said that they thought the bullpen was already better than it was last year, which is kind of interesting. Good point. Um, they projected they projected big uh, improvement from Art Warren, of all people. Yep. They projected Amir Garrett to be kind of average, which I'll take that. Anything but else, Bill? No. Other than that, it's you know, they they basically said also that the Reds have already thrown in the towel. Nate, thoughts? I'm not so jaded that I'm going to, like, I'm pretty excited. Five hundred, a couple games over over five hundred, like. That means they're one of the best rest teams in my lifetime. Oh, gosh. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. Here's the bar where it should be. Here's the bar where it is now. I read that, and I was like, oh, man, we might get a wild card berth. Who knows? By the time they collectively bargain it, they might let every team in the playoffs anyway. (laughs) Well, that's true, actually. tournament. Yeah, well, let's not talk about the NCAA tournament because my team, neither of my teams or neither of my schools uh, are going to be there this year. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's true if they do expand the playoffs. And that may happen. I don't know. We don't know what the collective bargaining agreement is going to say. But, I don't know, go to Fangrass and look at these Reds. Uh, zips projections. I mean, you know, for the offense, they projected that, uh, you know, India's going to be good again. Tyler Stevenson's going to be good. They expect Votto to drop a little bit. Um, they expect Barrero to be better than Farmer. They expect Suarez to be, you know, um, not awful. Better. Christmas. Yeah. Got my, I got my wish. It's <laughs> right. It's a miracle. And pitching, it makes the point that we've all been said that there's some decent, uh, you know, guys in this uh, pitching rotation, the starting rotation, and then that, but they also the Zips projections also think you know Lucas Sims is going to be good, or Warren's going to be good, and think you know Amir Garrett, Luis Sessa. Jeff Hoffman will all be average-ish, you know, and then uh, and then Dory Moretta. Good projections for Dory Moretta, the the guy who was great in the minor leagues, who the Reds couldn't for some reason couldn't find room for yeah. in their uh, in their bullpen this year. I don't know, I you know, I, 
I'm kind of like Nate, which is that make what you want. This is all math and, you know, don't count on it, but it's a reason for optimism, right? Oh, yeah. All right. You all want to answer some viewer mail questions? Sure. These are questions that come from actual viewers. Literally. Now, actually, I don't know that all of them are viewing us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Riverfront Sensi. Let's go with the first. We've already done the first one. Let's go with the next one, which comes from our buddy Calvin Medcalf. Patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi. Calvin Medcalf asked this question. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks so much for a great year of content. Hey, you're welcome, Calvin. It was a great year of content. On my wish, Red's wish list is a decent free agent and a replaced front office. But maybe Red's fans just deserve coal. I don't know about that, man. What? I get it, but I don't I don't know. My question is, what's the best holiday dinner side dish? What is the best holiday dinner side dish? We'll find out in a couple of days. Uh, or after you all have seen this, it'll be uh, maybe one day later. But Bill, what's the best holiday dinner side dish? I, I'm kind of a traditional guy. I mean, if you're doing, you know, like a bird or something, I'm a big stuffing guy. Like, I like the green. We make green bean casserole here using uh, uh, cheese sauce instead of uh, cream of mushroom. And gets a little cheesier. We like that. Does Linda prepare that? Uh, usually, yes. Okay, that's my favorite. Okay. Don't suck up now, Chad. It's too late. <laughs> Nate, what's your favorite holiday dinner side dish? I don't know if it uh, if it's going to qualify, but something we've done my entire life. I don't know when Dad started doing it. Uh, you, Chad, but our Dad always makes these sausage balls on Christmas Eve, and we eat them all throughout Christmas Day. So we'll just. It's like sausage, breadcrumbs, and some cheese. And that, that's that's my nostalgic Christmas dish for sure. So I was going to go elsewhere. I was going to go with the mac and cheese. But, Nate, you're right. That is a tradition that we had since uh, since I was uh, little, which is many, many moons ago. And uh, it's something we're doing with, with our family now. My, my wife's gotten into it. And, uh, you know, we're sausage balls, man. Sausage balls, fantastic. So, um so basically what I'm saying is uh, uh, Linda's uh, green bean casserole is the worst. Okay. Please don't tell her that. I know she won't listen, but please, please don't tell her that. <laughs> she uh, loves you anyway. <laughs> Joe Farsing asks, fellas, what's the one gift you really, really, and this, these are in capital letters, what's the one gift you really, really wanted as a kid, but you never received? I'm going to start with, I'll start out on this one. Uh, as a kid, I don't know, I was a, a teenager at the time, but uh, around 89 or so, I just became a huge Barry Larkin fan. You, you guys know Barry Larkin, right? Yeah. Well, all I wanted was, and this has become, kind of become a family joke over the years, all I wanted was a Barry Larkin jersey. I wanted a Barry Larkin jersey to wear around the school, you know, and I asked for it in like 89. Didn't get it. So 1990, the Reds win the World Series. I ask for it again. Barry, Barry Larkin. Give me, that's all I asked for, literally, in 1990. The only thing I asked for for Christmas was a Barry Larkin jersey. No. And so 1991, all I asked for was a Barry Larkin jersey. Now, we have outstanding parents, and I love them dearly. They were just weren't listening to me because I was a jerk as a teenager, I think. And so I, I understand. As no teenager. Barry Larkin jersey. What's that? As a teenager? Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew that's where you're gonna go. Right. Yeah, I continue to be a jerk. Thank you. 
So it became a joke at that point. And every year I asked for a Barry Larkin jersey to the, and I never got one. And I don't know why. Ultimately, you know, I got, I, I got married later, you know, with the law school, got married, you know. And finally, after I got married, my parents kind of dove in and uh, got me a signed Barry Larkin jersey at one point. So, uh, so they ultimately came around, but that's the one thing I really wanted. I couldn't think of anything else, like any kind of toy or anything like that younger, but I, but it became a family joke that I didn't get my Barry Larkin Jersey. And so I, I did finally get one. Nate, uh, you got one here. I had one thing, I guess. Um, there was a, like one year of my life when uh, I, think I was in middle school and skateboarding was really starting to take off around here. And I had never been on a skateboard, but other, you know, kids my age were starting to do it. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is, this is what I want. I want to, I want to get an awesome skateboard and I want to my super cool skateboard and buddies. Um, so I, that's all I asked for for Christmas. Unlike you, mom and dad did get me a skateboard. I remember being super excited when I ran out there and then I lifted up and it's about, it's about half the size of an adult skateboard and it has uh, the goosebumps, like the, the book series, <laughs> the RL sign, goosebumps logo on the bottom. So I took it out. I was ashamed to bring it out in front of my friends with their like, awesome top-of-the-line skateboards. I did ride it down the hill by the house one time, fell, scuffed my knees, and never took it out of the attic again. Can I say, we, we do need to make clear, we really do have the best parents ever. I mean, we do, but yeah, that, that maybe not was a high point for them, right? I think the moral of the story is, don't get your kids the best present. Like They turn out okay. <laughs> exactly. Bill, you got an answer to that one? Well, I got two comments first. Is it, Nate, is it is it in the closet there behind you? It very well could be. I don't know if anybody's been in that attic in like 15 years. Let Chad, me just, go ahead, go Bill. Ahead. And Chad, the problem with getting a signed jersey is you can't wear it. <laughs> I've got it right here next to me. I need to pull it out from under some stuff. But so I haven't even framed your it. Your heart was in the right place, but you wanted a jersey that you could wear. Yeah, I want one that I could wear around high school, you yeah. know. Anyway, I, I really don't have something. I nothing that I can remember that I, you know that I really, really, really wanted. I'm going to kind of cop out on this, and, and I don't ever remember being disappointed that I didn't get something that I really wanted. I was very blessed. That's not a well, cop out. That's magical. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Uh, can I say just since, kind of moving on what Bill said a, a moment ago? If you're watching on on the YouTube's, uh, that's a website on the internet, YouTube.com. If you're watching youtube.com slash Riverfront Sensi, you'll see that Nate's in a, he doesn't have his whiteboard behind him. He's in a different location. And he's actually in, this is, you're going to, you're going to go to YouTube to watch this now. He's in my childhood bedroom. And then when I went away to college, it became Nate's childhood bedroom. I mean, that's, that's hallowed ground, Nate. There's not a shrine there. Several years laying around this room with, uh, you teaching me about the Reds beside a Paula Abdul poster. <laughs> oh, you went there. It's true. <laughs> there were two Paula Abdul posters in that room. There was a Barry Larkin poster too, though. Eric the Red. Eric the Red poster. That's right. We had an Eric Davis poster. Just to, wow. just to share the difference in our ages, Chad, I had a Farrah Fawcett poster. I've seen that poster. It's a good poster. But <laughs> Nate just called me out, man. <laughs> He, did, he did just expose you. He, he exposed did ex- you. expose me publicly. It's a good thing I love him because no shame in that. There's no shame. Hey, Paul Abdul, man, come on, you kid, straight up now. Tell me, is she not the best? All right, we got to go to the next one. We got to get out of here. This is 
I'm going to, there are going to be more secrets exposed if we, we stay here longer. Next one comes from Kyle Kapler. Kyle Kapler asks, in 10 years, would Scott Heineman, wait a minute, first of all, who's Scott Heineman? Does anybody know who Scott Heineman is? I've never heard of his name. Yeah, obscure former red, I guess. Would his name be easier to remember if, if it was Scott Heineken? Well, the answer to that's yes. Yes. Because I don't remember Scott Heineman by choice. So, but his, his next question is, speaking of which, what's your favorite holiday drink? Favorite holiday drink. Bill? I'm a beer guy all year round. Boy, that was the most predictable answer in the history <laughs> of this show. Bill's a beer guy all year long. No, I, I am. I will drink red wine, but I am generally a beer guy. Nate, yep. red wine, full bodied, dry red. Okay, three glasses. Mom and Dad have a couple. Ghost stories come back out. I'm ready. Oh, those are great stories. Yes, let me just tell you. I'm glad that neither of you said eggnog, which is the worst holiday drink. If you like eggnog, unsubscribe immediately. I don't want you as part of our audience. <laughs> For me, I, you know, it's the same, whatever. I'm going to say favorite holiday drink, um, water or bourbon. Water with bourbon in it. Water in bourbon. <laughs> no, why would you put water in bourbon? That just uh, ruins the bourbon. You know what W.C. Field said? What did never he say? Drink, never drink anything that fish go to the bathroom in. I've never heard that. And that's the literally the best advice I've ever heard in my life. Words to live by. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Nate, uh, when we get together a little bit later tonight, no water for anyone. No water. All right. Final question here. This comes from our buddy, Seth Shaner. Seth Shaner asks, I recently saw in my Facebook memories, my posts in reaction to the Yadiel Puig Homer Bailey trade. That trade was significant at the time, if for no other reason than the ingenuity shown by Dick Williams. Compare, contrast the difference between that moment and the following offseason. We've already talked about 2019 versus 2020 offseasons, pre-COVID spending, to what we're dealing with now. It's why I believe this current situation is so much more painful than the typical thrifty ownership before 2019. So that, that Homer Bailey trade, Homer Bailey was traded along with Jeter Downs and uh, Josiah Gray to the Dodgers. The Reds got um, Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, Alex Wood, and the best uh, uh, return from that trade, Cash. Oh, no. They also got Kyle Farmer. Um, and, you know, whatever. It was whatever. But it was also it – was, it, was it was a moment where we're like, oh, that's interesting. And I think Seth's right. It was a, it was creative, but that's what is so frustrating about what we have coming in 2022 is that the Reds, listen, this pandemic has screwed everybody. It's been the worst for everybody. It's the dumbest pandemic in my lifetime, but for Reds fans, it really caused Castellini to, Take a step back. And that's why it's so frustrating to me is that the Reds were finally, for the first time in, really the first time since the 90s, I think, serious about putting together a real team. And yeah, Seth, you're right. That's why it's so frustrating to me. Um, Bill, I'll go to you first. Any thoughts on that? I, I agree with you. I, it seemed like 
Dick Williams and, and the other people in the front office had finally got ownership to play the same game that everybody else in baseball has been playing for a while. And, and he pan, you know, after a bet, you know, after the pandemic, he just saw red or saw not as much, you know, black ink as he thought he would, whatever. And he panicked and, you know, reversed course and we're going to be paying for it for a long time. Nate. I'm not going to let this podcast in on a negative note. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So um, I guess that's about all we've got tonight. Do you have any final thoughts for our viewers out there in uh, Resland? Nate, any final thoughts? No. uh, Everybody, I hope you get to spend a nice few days with the family and have a great Christmas and holiday season. And, you know, go Reds. Go Reds, right, man? Come on. Bill? Chad, I think this may be the shortest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I think you're right. We hope to get <laughs> below an hour, but we didn't quite make it. But um, I've left a fiancé with her future in-laws downstairs for the last hour, so this has been a long, long podcast. So you okay. may or may not still be engaged. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Nate, bring her to my house. I'll give her a long hug. I mean, just and apologize to her. It's my fault. I admit long, it. Hug, long hug and a bunch of liquor. <laughs> plenty of, <laughs> absolutely. Plenty of that. Um, listen, guys, uh, thank you all so much for, for joining us. Bill and, and Nate, especially, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we're right here on Christmas and when it's holiday season and you guys were able to take some time away from, from the families. Uh, I've already uh, I've clearly gotten on the wrong side of both Nate's fiance and Bill's wife. And I apologize for that, but I appreciate all of you all that are listening to uh, the Riverfront. We've had so much fun here in the last few weeks as we've kind of changed things around a little bit. And and uh, it, I, I'm ex- I'm actually genuinely excited about what's coming up in the uh, the upcoming red season for a lot of reasons, but mostly because of this family that's kind of built up around the riverfront. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or at Riverfront Cincy on all those uh, all, all those uh, platforms. At YouTube, we're youtube.com slash riverfront cincy. Give us a thumbs up. Smash that subscribe button. Come on. Help people find us. As we always say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, just keep your mouth shut. Audio, if you're just listening to us on podcast like you have been forever, we're going to continue to stay an audio podcast. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And, of course, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, and you can support this kind of ongoing effort to have have a little fun following the Cincinnati Reds in this uh, kind of trying time in some ways. I want to say to to Bill Lack and Nate Dotson and to all of you out there listening, hey, listen, have a Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, let's have a good time, you know, kind of enjoying your family. And and the family that's grown up around this show is, is meaningful to me. And I hope all of you have a, a really good time. So for the guy that refused to join us tonight, Chris Garber, and Bill Lack and Nate Dotson. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. 
We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 